February 2nd, 2023. We're in Masechet Betzah, five lines from the bottom, just two words before the end of the line. Very briefly, the context of our Gemara, we're still grappling with these uh, difficult and mysterious words in the Beraita, which was cited in the middle of this Amud. The Beraita set forth a situation where we're talking about a Betzah, uh, some egg. Now, an egg clearly was hatched, was born, but what's the status, what's the context, what's the situation of that egg? We had and have a tremendous debate. But we're in the midst of developing and this suggesting that that egg is a safik terefa, safik ena terefa, which means to say it might be straight up an unkosher egg, come from an unkosher uh, chicken. It might alternatively be, be uh, the kosher egg. That situation says the Beraita, Sefeka Asura, if you're uncertain. Safek de Oraita Lehumra, when you're dealing with a biblical suspicion, a circumstance where from the Torah this might be prohibited, we go Lehumra. That was the first statement which was described and we're dealing with. The next statement was the one that was specifically yesterday and a bit more today uh, disturbing us because the next words in the Biraita said, if it then got mixed into that egg, uh, whether the egg of Terefa or the egg of Safek Terefa, a debate in Tosafot as we quickly referenced at one point, then got mixed into another thousand, what would the status and situation be with regards to Halakha then? Beraita told us in such a circumstance, they're all asurot, all those eggs which are now gathered together because of one egg that found its way into them. Why should that be? How could you explain such a thing? We have halachot, as Nathan mentioned then and again today, bitul, we have halachot of all sorts of ways of nullifying and invalidating something when it's mixed in with others. Again, provided that it wasn't done purposefully. The Gemaran Dafdali Damudal, we'll talk about this concept I've mentioned more than once. Shohan Aruch and Siman Saditet, it's called En Mevatelini You're not allowed to say, this is how I'm going to get rid of it. Let me throw it into there in order to, to um, lose its status. You can't do that. But that's what happened over here without you doing it willingly. So then why should they all be asurot? So the Gemara suggested maybe it's because it's what's called the davar hashub. Davar hashub means because of its status, it stands apart irrespective of how many other items of heter you have surrounding it. How do we define davar hashub? What we were in the midst of doing, and we will be a little bit more right now, is defining hashivut, importance and significance, based on the way it would be sold. Is it sold based on number? quantity specifically before buying it the person counts out how many you're getting it's called davar harawi limnot or davar shibba minyan it's a matter which is sold based on number as opposed to something which is sold as rashi describes it based on omid evaluation oh that being the case eggs apparently were oftentimes sold based on number we can resolve everything then because if eggs were sometimes sold based on number and that gives the status and stature of davar it's a batil. We understand our situation. However, said the Gemara, there was a dispute. There was a mahluk between Biohanan and Resh Lakish, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, about what is the exact parameter, structure, guidelines with regards to Davar Hashuv. Is it something like an egg, which is even just sometimes sold based on number? That gives it its a significant status, uh, making it stand apart, irrespective of how much is surrounding it? 
Or does it need to be even more hashub than that? It needs to be, you'll never find it. It's always sold based on number. Apparently eggs weren't sold as such. Sometimes sold, eggs were sold based on evaluation, based on omit, in which case we're stuck again. Because back to our Beraita, the Beraita says that that egg, if it was mixed in with others, is no batel? Why shouldn't it be batel? I can only understand it if I were to argue it's kol shel limanot. Alternatively, if it's it, it needs to be always so. That's not an egg uh, as we know it. So the Gemara now, in the next few lines, will set forth for us another opinion. Now keep in mind, we were just dealing with the opinion of Rabbi Meir. He's the one who had those mysterious words, something shera'ui limanot, something which is darkol limanot. And the next words in the Gemara will say, but wait a second, that's Rabbi Meir. We have an altogether other rabbi from the time of the Mishnah, an explicit one, an explicit rabbi from the time of the Mishnah. It happens to be a dispute about what that rabbi says. But we have a clear opinion in the Mishnah. There's no discussion of Yohanan Resh Lakish. It's Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua from the time of the Mishnah, whose opinion is clear, and that is, I'll state it at the onset, that even if it's something which is only sometimes counted as it's being sold, that gives it its stature and status as of importance and significance. That's what we're about to do. So everything we're about to do in the next, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so, 15 or so lines in the Gemara is leading us to that. There's a lot of details leading us there, but that's the bottom line. The bottom line over here is, although we had a doubt about what Rabbi Meir said, which meant that I hit a little bit of a dead end, I thought I solved it, but maybe that's not what he actually said, I'm going to find an opinion who actually says, not in those words, but says that even if it's sometimes sold based on number, just sometimes, not always, that gives it importance and significance. Oh, how we're going according to that opinion. That bit I tell in the middle of the page is following that opinion. So that's what we're on our journey for now. Says the Gemara Amar... Rav Papa Haitana, Hai means this, Tana means author of Mishnah or Beraita. We're talking about this Beraita, smack in the middle of the page. The author of it is probably, or is uh, uh, possibly following the opinion of Tana Litra Kisiothu. It's in accordance with. The Tana, the rabbi from the Mishnah, as I told you already, it's going to be Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua, in the context of something called the Litra Kisi'ot. Uh, the word Kisi'ah is Milashon Mikso'ah. Mikso'ah is a utensil which was used, some sort of cutting, I guess a knife of some sort, in order to cut off, I think, the stems of figs. Uh, so that's what a mikso'ah is. So kisi'ot, when we talk about kisi'ot, we're talking about dried figs, which were pressed together. Figs are you know, a little mushy and a little sticky. Even when they're, they're dried up, you push them together, that's what we're going to call kisi'ot. Litra is a measurement. So effectively what we're talking about is, I don't know, maybe if you go to the uh, shuk, Mahane Yehuda, you'll find something like that. I don't know if we'd sell these sorts of things in such a fashion any longer. But the Gemara in several places will talk about things called Igule Devela and things of that sort. What we're talking about is it's dried up, I imagine, as somewhat sticky figs stuck in together and placed in some sort of mechanism in order to stick them together. We'll talk about what that is in a second. Uh, that's, uh, that's what you have to conjure up in your, in your mind, in your imagination. Some sort of figs that are stuck together and someone coming to purchase them. And obviously there's some sort of issue here with regards to status. What sort of issue might there be? The issue that we're going to address is something called tiruma. Tiruma, as we've talked about on more than one occasion, is, uh, is, a, is a halakha which is relevant pretty much in every year aside from Shemitah, year of the Shemitah cycle. And there's no measurement from the Torah of how much is to be given, but you need to give from your produce to the Kohen. That's what tiruma is. 
Maaseh, Maaseh is altogether different. That has to do with the tenth. Teruma, the rabbis gave measurements, a thirtieth, a fortieth, a fiftieth, depending on how giving or how stingy you are. But there's from the Torah, you could give one stalk of wheat and handle thousands of miles of your fields. That's Teruma. Now, when it comes to fruits, the assumption of Rashi over here and elsewhere is that fruits, Teruma is only midrabbanan. He'll find sourcing here in our Gemara, ironically. Harambam believes that even on fruits, you have a mitzvah from the Torah of Teruma. Uh, means that if I have an orchard of, of, of pomegranates or uh, apples, I need to give Teruma even from those. That happens to be a debate which kind of finds sourcing for Rashi in our Gemara, just parenthetically, that Teruma on fruits is only midrabbanan. Rashi elsewhere makes clear it's on Dagan, Tirosh, and Yitzhak on grain, on uh, on wine, and on oil that you have tiruma from the Torah. Okay, that's the background. So here we are. If I'm dealing with any matter which at any point is normally, but not always, and exclusively sold based on count, even if I'm dealing with a prohibition which is rabbinic in nature, I told you what we're talking about, tiruma on perot, giving the donation to the Kohen on fruits, which is only rabbinic in nature, according to Rashi's interpretation of this Gemara, lo batil. Oh, there it is. Whatever, however you're going to get to such an opinion, kol shikin oraita, however you're going to come to such an opinion, but if we find such an opinion who says, even on a rabbinic prohibition, an item which I look at that fruit, I say, rabbinically this is prohibited. And this fruit is sometimes sold based on number, oftentimes sold based on evaluation. It got mixed into a bushel. If the status of that fruit, of, of uh, what are we calling it, litra ketziot, is that it's afilu be'elif lo batil, it doesn't get an old, it has hashivut. We solved our issue in our sugya as well. We're dealing with an isur from the Torah, it's called taref, it's called the betza, born to a terefa. Of course it'll by extension be considered hashub to this extent. Ditnan. Here's the Mishnah we've Perhaps all been awaiting. Litra kesiot shederasa alpi igul ve'no yodea be'ezi igul derasa alpi havit ve'no yodea be'ezi be'ezo havit derasa alpi kaveret ve'no yodea be'ezo kaveret derasa. So one of three, but all three of them are just dealing with different utensils or different receptacles uh, situations. You're dealing with again this collection of dried figs. Now, the collection of dried figs is placed into either what's called a igul, one type of mechanism. What's that? That's the way I imagine. That's the way I imagine igul. What's havit? Havit means a barrel. I don't think it's much of a cake pan. But you're making, you're making what? Where does Rashi say givina? Like a cheese maker, it's the same type of mechanism. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of cheese with figs, but maybe, uh, maybe you want to get into that. So, anyways, that, that's, uh, or it's on top of a barrel, or alternatively, it's on the top of uh, another type of utensil known as a kaveret. Now, here's the specifics with regards to because it'll come into play in just a moment. It goes like this: you placed as the uh, harvester or as the uh, salesman, you placed the primary figs, or you pushed them in already. So it means your, your, your cake uh, circle is already filled. Your barrel is already filled. And I have a little bit more on the side, which you know is teruma. I don't know why you don't just 
put that you know, in the back of a cupboard or something like that. But for some reason you took that and you placed it now and imagine this cup as if it's filled to the brim with, uh, already with, with the figs. I placed it and sm- s- stuck it on top. That's LP. LP means on the cover of it, on the opening of it, which means to say it's not actually mixed inside over here, but it's kind of placed on top of it. Now, you would apparently do that with heter as well. You'd finish it up, and then you had some leftover ones which were not terumah, you'd place those on top as well. However, when all is said and done, you're now placing your items out in front of the shop, realizing, my goodness, I forgot, on one of these I put terumah. How many do you have in front of you? I don't know, 40, 50? So I know one of these 40 or 50 uh, actually has on top of it terumah. I don't know which one. So it's all bitul. Can you imagine? Look how big this cup is. Look how big this utensil is. It's filled with figs. What's on top will be mixed in. I'll look at all of these barrels, all of these things in front of me filled with figs, and I'll say it's all one large item. If I'm to take the evaluation of this compared to just the covering of this, this bitul easily on all of this, I'll say there's thousands against that isur. However, so, however, the fact that it's on top, and therefore we know it's only one of really 40 or 50 that are in front of me. I'm not really mixing that in with what's inside of it. Because if it was mixed in, it's mixed out. Okay, then you imagine it all together. But it's on top. There are 40 or 50 on top. If you were to slice off the top of each one of these and put them in a separate thing, there's no bitul over here. There's 30 or 40 against it. That's not going to annul it in a real sense. What's the status then in such a circumstance? So imagine I filled my table over here with these utensils and smacked on to- smack on top of them, I have dried figs. Now what am I going to do with my knowledge that one of those dried figs on top is shell tiruma? What's that? Say it again? We're going to see that explicitly later in the Gemara. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. It's, it's, it's going to emerge, so. At this point, we're, at this point I am, but only because I know. I was saying it's because you can cut off the Well, the question, which makes it more difficult, right? It makes it more difficult to be matir. Okay, so nonetheless, but let me remind you again as well, however, that we're only dealing with, not that we want to diminish, but we will diminish a little in terms of severity, we're dealing with an isumidra banan. It's rabbinic in nature. So it's a rabbinical prohibition over here, tiruma on perot, is dira banan. As a result, we could be a little more creative, the Gemara will tell us, a little bit more imaginative with the way that we're going to make this ta'arovit, that's the word, this mixture. Even though technically speaking it's on the top, maybe I can imagine as if they're all together. Says the Gemara, here's the uh, four uh, potential opinions. Rabbi Meir Omer, so the first opinion is Rabbi Meir reporting what his two rabbis stated, and they disagreed. First of his rabbis, Rabbi Li'ezer Omer, Ro'ine ta'ilyonot ki'ilu hen perudot, veha tahtonot ma'alot ta'ilyonot. First opinion, Bimeir says, in the name of Rabbi Li'ezer, goes like this. The fact that on top of each one of these, there is a, a, a layer, and we know one of those layers is problematic, imagine them as if they're all disconnected, and everything is mixed together. Everything's mixed together. 
bitul. That's what we're going to have. Thousands again. So I had a table of 50, but each one of these barrels compared to the top is 100 times over that. As a result, I can be mad. But it's not so. They're not mixed together. Says Rashi, Terumad Rabbanan. It's Teruman Perot. As a result, we're willing to be more lenient. It's Rashi, the, fir- the first narrow line on the right side. It means five lines down from the top. Dehoilu Terumot Perot. Since terumat perot is only rabbinic in nature, we're more lenient with regards to the way to permit this situation. Okay, that's the first opinion. Rabbi Meir in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. Not really affecting our discussion. We want to get to someone who holds davar minyan, something which is only sometimes counted as enobatel. This, if anything, gave me an extra leniency. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, im yesham me'apumin ya'alu v'imlav hapumin asurim v'hashulayim mutarin. The suggestion, alternatively, of Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Meir in the name of Rabbi Yoshua, goes like this. How many barrels? How many utensils do you have on your table in front of you that got mixed together? If you have a hundred against that one in terms of tops, right? I said on top of these, there's plastered on the, the dried figs. So then I could say each one of those tops is looked at as together. If I have a hundred against one, that's the measurement with regards to teruma from the rabbis in terms of bitul. I could be mevatel to include what's underneath, what's inside the utensil. That you can't do. That stands apart. So it's more of a stringent opinion over here, but it's more logical to a certain extent. If you want to argue that I could be mevatel, I need to look at this and say, this is conceivably any one of these. Is it conceivably inside any of the barrels? Certainly not. So look at how many tops, how many piot there are. If there are 100 against it, bitul. Anything less than that, not bitul. What's the status of the stuff on the bottom? Of course that's kosher, just slice off the tops. You have less than 100 against it, throw them all out, or give them all to the Kohen. You have more than 100 against it, mashallah, enjoy it, sell it, need it. That it got plastered on top. That it's on top and can therefore be separated easily. No question. That's what Nathan was asking me. Do I know that? The Gemara will say it explicitly. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's... that's a, that is the number with regards to Teruma. I kind of just threw that one in at you without telling you that. But I've, I've tried to make clear throughout. We have these numbers where they got derived from longer and important conversation, I can't really answer it fully. We have different numbers. We all know 60, because we deal with, for one reason or another, these sorts of matters. When you're dealing with Tirumah, it's 100. When you're dealing with other matters, we talked about one yesterday, Olan Kile HaKerem, 200. That's right, they're all different, and these are explicit in Mishnayot. These are not, you know, kind of for the first time emerging. No, it was Bitul on it. It, it, I mean, you know, do the right thing, but it's, it's gone. You don't cut off the piece. You don't take anything out. You don't cut off the piece. There's a between Rashi and Rash, which we mentioned yesterday. It gets lost. I mean, you still have an obligation to do it. You're saying you did your mitzvah, tafrasha? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Because you did a hafrasha, he's saying. You know, so he's questioning. This is a Jared type of question. You've got to take your finger out. It's beautiful. Is the mitzvah terumah to take it, to separate it? And then when you found the coin, you did your job. But over here, I did it. I did my job. Then it got lost. I'm honest. It was against my will. Now it's gone. Now it doesn't exist. Did I fulfill my mitzvah? These are important. It's an important question. All right, anyway. 
you're certainly supposed to then do it. But if it's gone, he's saying, is it your obligation now to go back? And if it's not always, not always. Uh, no, in other words, you know, lemashal haosek ba mitzvah patum and mitzvah. We've talked about that on Lama Torah. If you're dealing with a circumstance where you're involved with performance of a mitzvah, the best example in today's day and age, I guess, was during the onset of the Ukraine crisis. You went to Ukraine in order to redeem Jews, to save them from death. That's what you were involved in. The halakha, gemara and sukkah, tafkafe, tafkafav, patum and mitzvah. You focus your energies and your mind on all that sort of stuff. All right, it's the last day, and I wasn't praying. I had my mind, I had my energy. It's completely, I, I mean, again, I, I'm quite certain that when people are involved, they find the time for prayer. It's just the way the world works today. But it, technically speaking, if you're fully involved, immersed, but I finished. And I look at my clock, and I say, all right, Minha is coming up. Do I now, with Minha, go back and I say, Shahrit, you know, I do my Amida, Tashlumin, or not? The halakha is as mahlok, the halakha is you don't need to. Well, I need to. I was patur. I was completely exempt. That's what he's suggesting. He's suggesting that maybe now that it got mixed in, I did my job. Hey, kid, son. All right, anyway, regardless, says the Gemara over here, and we're getting to. Our... It would not apply if it was not pedo, if it was vegetables. So the kulot would not be applying. Yeah. You'd be not more the humrah than the second opinion per se, unless you're talking about davar hashub, but more 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 stringent than the first opinion. That would be the answer. Okay, see so here's the second approach. Rabbi Yehuda made. Rabbi Yehuda says, uh, listen, the first opinion would be the answer who was lenient, not as lenient as you made him out to be. Uh, my colleague Rabbi Meir. Rather, it goes like this. Rabbi Yehuda omer yesh sham mea pumin yaalu. According to Rabbi Uda's version, Rabbi Eliezer, the second, the first, more lenient opinion, actually reflects earlier the Rabbi Meir, second opinion, the more stringent opinion. In other words, yes, there is room for a bitul, not the way you imagined it initially to be Meir in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, that you can mix everything together in your mind because Turma de Rabbana. No, you slice off all the top. If you can now determine there's a hundred against that one, you're in good shape. Otherwise, you're in trouble, or at the very least, the Kohen is in luck. However, and here's our critical last opinion Rabbi Yoshua Omer. And he's exaggerating, but he could have gone up to a thousand. Even if you have three hundred, four hundred, five, as many amounts of figs on the top, which are identical to the problematic figs which were stuck onto the top, which we imagined, if at the very least, you have a hundred against them, as we discussed with Jeffrey. That is the measurement for Bitul with regards to Tiruma. No, 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 you can't. Why not? Lo ya'alu. Now, why would he be claiming that? The Gemara knows why he would be claiming that. That's the Tana de Litra Ketziot. He is suggesting his opinion, Rabbi Huda, in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua, that a kol sheba minyan, anything which sometimes is sold based on count, will not and may not ever be nullified. We found our opinion. That's it. Linking it back or pegging it back into the Beraita, which we began our discussion today with, which we've been dealing with throughout the last several classes, we now understand the first statement in the Beraita. If it's a safik, whether it's terefa or not, this egg came from an invalidated, a problematic chicken, asura. 
affect the oraita. If it was nitareva ba'aherot, it's now mixed into others. Bitul, no bitul. Why no bitul? Because sometimes eggs are sold based on number, and in turn, this opinion, when he's even just dealing with a isur, rabbinically speaking, not taref, on the level of the oraita, the statement is, if it's even sometimes sold based on, me, on number, that gives it as hashivut, an important status, can't be nullified. Isn't that the same as kolshid that Yes. Certainly. Over there, Kol Shiddar Kolimanot is a mahlokir Rabbi Yohanan and Bishimon ben Lakish how to define the words of Rabbi Meir. It means I might not have any opinion who explicitly says Kol Shiddar Minyan. Right? Now we found an explicit opinion in the Mishnah. It's Rabbi Meir, albeit amongst four, but at the very least we found Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua. One to a thousand, one to four thousand. Certainly. You can, um, but it seems it's. It is only one of the several opinions, but you can imagine now, you know, it's, it's basically, your question, it's, it's a kol shikim. If at the very least we found him saying it, not at the very least, if we found him saying it by a drabanan, we can then apply him certainly by a deoraita. How he got that far on a dirabanan, important question. Apparently, he sees a severity with regards to davar shehachuv. What's that when you sold by the piece, when you sold by the number? Okay, says the Gemara, lastly, what's that? Started out in the mall, so it's, it can either be sold in the mall, and when sometimes sold in the... Correct, it's sold in either one of the ways, either by number, or by volume, by uh, valuation. It's also sold by number, and that's what, that's what makes it davar hashuv. That's what we found. This goes uh, in regards to anywhere, I mean, depending on the location of what the, the custom of how they trade is decided. Right, so it's an important question with no simple answer, and I purposefully yesterday gave like six, six, six uh, you know, suggestions you know, to throw it all in. Charles says, how are you defining? How are you defining? Let's say in America, you find this, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a traveler, but you go to Israel, things are sold and done differently. What if in Israel it's sold etchebaminyan, it's sold only by, and in America, it's some way, in some way. I mean, we're in a global world, an economy in which we're in, it's all different. It probably, just like when you talk about something in Shabbat, I would liken it to, you talk about something called Hamar Medina. When it comes to Kiddush, when it comes to Havdalah, there are circumstances where if the drink, you don't have wine, and the drink that you're using is a Hamar Medina, it's an intoxicating, uh, important beverage, how do you define important beverage? Oh, it's used at important meal. Uh, you know, you go to, I don't know, again, I'm not a traveler, I'm not a drinker, but you go there and they use beer at all their important events. You go there, they would never touch it. How do you define it? You go by the Medina, you go by the country. How you defining country by the dividing line? Not so simple either, but yes. The best answer I have to you is in the closest environment in terms of vision and perspective. That's the way it's done. That's how we're establishing it. It goes also in the context of, uh, this, these are the difficulties with, and we end up just being mahmir on all of them. You know, in other words, uh, when it comes to also, um, because, and I'll tell you why this ends up happening. It's because once upon a time they didn't have this globe. You couldn't just be mobilized at all times. So you just saw your area. They didn't even imagine you're talking about a world across. It comes up by ma'achale akum. When it comes up to by um, by something that's made by a non-Jew, it has to be in order to be uh, a problem. It has to be It's kosher food cooked in a kosher way by a non-Jew. What's the status? Ma'achale akum. It's bishul akum. You're not allowed to eat it because it's made by a non-Jew. 
Uh, what's the status of that item? He made for me a baked potato. That's a problem. <coughs> a baked apple. That's a problem. So the status is that if it's a davar hashu, we call that olei al shohan melachim. How are you defining olei al shohan melachim? As I think I told you more than once, the story was some years ago when I was in Israel that they asked Rav Yashiv about something and he said to them, what does Obama do? And everybody started laughing. They couldn't understand why he's saying it. He was defining davar hashu, davar olei al shohan melachim in that context based on what the President of the United States does. Oh, that's an important question. Do we go based on Israel or America? You know, comes up, I'm sorry to give you so many examples where I get a little frustrated in terms of strong Pesach halacha. What's important clothing for a king? The halacha is you need to be doing it in such a way. David Yosef talked about, could you wear sandals in prayer? Could you wear shorts in prayer? Sandals, they used to wear it in the Knesset. says, all right, there, yo-yos. What does the rest of the world do? These sorts of questions I wish I had simple answers to. But lastly, says the Gemara, sorry, sorry. sorry, you were makes it all problematic. We finally found it's Rabbi Huda in the name of Rabbi Hoshua. Keep in mind, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Hoshua is not going to be doing it. He's still too lenient for us. Yes, it's exactly it. Never be mevutal. No way to be Shloshon means shloshet alafim, shloshet milyonim. Says the Gemara lastly, derasa ba'igul ve'eno yodea be'eze igul derasa divre hakol ya'alu. Very strangely, the last words of the Beraita say something that we don't understand. It's as if it was pressed into, pressed into this mechanism, into this device. Uh, everybody agrees, if you don't know where it is, that you have bitul. One sec, I, I, I might be a little confused, but at the very least, I do realize we had four different opinions. What? Of course it was Preston. Says the Gemara. Don't blow the answer already. Divrei HaKol, says the Gemara. What are you talking about, Divrei HaKol? We have just four opinions. Bimeir, Bimeir in the name of Bimeir, Bimeir in the name of Bimeir, Bimeir in the name of Bimeir, in the name of Bimeir, that was the whole Mahloka. Answers the Gemara, this is what it means to say, and this is what I was telling you, Nathan, we say it explicitly later in the Gemara. Derasa Ba'igul. It was pressed into the mechanism, not on top of the mechanism, but into it, into the cup, into the barrel. What we were talking about until now was you plastered it on top. Now it's, if it was in it, what do you mean you don't know where it is? Not you don't know which barrel. You know which barrel, but you don't know if it's uh, was it in the uh, south, or the north, the east, the west, meaning the right, top, bottom, so That's in such a circumstance. That's a tarot. That's a mixture. I have them all mixed together. That's a mixture in such a circumstance. I understand that there is bitul. Effectively, what the Gemara has done for us today, ironically, is what I told you in a, in a sentence at the beginning we were setting out to do. We were finding an opinion that we left lingering yesterday. Yesterday, we ended the day, we said, if only someone held, and the words were, kol shedar kol imanot, anything which is sometimes counted is a davar hashu. Not so clean. Now says the Gemara, I found you, your opinion. Who is that? It's Rabbi Huda in the name of Rabbi Yoshua, as Jesse said to us a moment ago. The Gemara now in the next 10 or so lines goes back to our initial question that this whole thing started with, that Rabbi Yitzhak, that Rabbi Yosef, which we'll uh, remember again tomorrow, uh, to challenge that a bit more, goes back to the, even further back to the essential question, the Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel in our Mishnah, uh, concludes that whole issue and then moves forward with other issues in the Gemara. Baruch Adonai Amen.